Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, we have a returning guest, Jess Reed, also known as the Keto Fit, and we are going to be discussing healing your relationship with the scale, a very important topic and one that's kind of close to my heart because I dealt with that quite a bit. Welcome, Jess. Thank you so much, Amber. I'm excited to be back. Yay. Okay. So let's, you have been on before, but for the people who haven't seen you, can you give a brief uh, background and maybe some of the health issues maybe you struggled with? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Jess Reed and I call myself a self-care keto coach. I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. So I'm a weight loss coach and I'm also a certified life coach because really I find that it's pretty much impossible to just isolate this one area of your life and just focus on, okay, I'm just going to like change my food and and move some more and, and lose weight. It's all interconnected with everything else in your life, with your relationships, with your mental health, with your self care, with your job, with literally everything, the way that you think and your beliefs. So we really examine all of it when I work together with my clients. So that's what I love to do. Um, it's been five years now that I've been doing that and about two years, uh, two and a half years full time. So yeah, I just, I love what I get to do every day. Um, so a little bit of my story is that I was an overweight kid. I battled my weight my entire life. And, um, even once I reached a quote unquote healthy weight, when I was a teenager through very disordered means, by the way, um, I just always saw myself as overweight. Um, I was never really able to change my beliefs surrounding that because I didn't even know that I had to, it was just kind of diet culture was like the air that you breathed. Right. So every day of my life, it was a running total of the calories that I had consumed that day. And I was just always preoccupied with food. I was always hungry. I was never satisfied. I always felt unworthy. I always felt like if I could just get into a smaller body, then I'll be good. I'll be lovable. All of those things. I'm sure so many listeners can resonate with all of this. Um, but I actually was in a healthy BMI for my teenage years, all the way up until my mid twenties, when I went through a pretty traumatic time in my life and I packed on about 40 pounds in the course of a year. So I got to the point where I truly was overweight, very uncomfortable. I was hiding out from my life. I was so depressed. It was awful. And at a point of desperation to just lose 10 pounds, two weeks before Thanksgiving, I started Atkins the first week of November, all the way back in 2013. And I chose Atkins because it was just what I had seen my mom do to lose five pounds in a week. And then she would eat pizza on the weekend and, you know, repeat ad nauseum. (laughs) So, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know if it was healthy, didn't care if it was healthy. I was just trying to lose again, 10 pounds as fast as possible. Cause I was freaking out about seeing people at Thanksgiving and how I looked and all those things. Um, so sure enough, I did lose 10 pounds within the first two weeks on Atkins, but what I did not expect was how amazing I felt. Um, once I got through, you know, that little keto flu that a lot of people, I didn't know that was going to happen in the beginning. I was like trying to Google search it. Keto was not a huge thing back then, but once I got through that, I felt incredible, like so incredible that I told myself. I'm going to do this forever. Like, and I just kept it to myself. Um, and then Thanksgiving rolls around. I'm still eating low carb. Everybody thinks I'm, you know, weird or going over, uh, over the top and all of these things, but yeah, I mean, and it's been nine years now. And I just, I say that I eat keto as a form of self-care. I not only lost the 40 pounds that I had gained, but I lost an additional 10 pounds. I kept it off. I've been a low carb keto constantly, um, throughout my pregnancy and postpartum. And, and now I get to help other women. So yeah, it's a lifestyle for me. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. And we have very similar kind of stories, backstories mm-hmm. there. And yeah, it's something about that freedom you feel. And, and when you, the first time I experienced being in ketosis, whoa, yeah. you know, it was kind of one of those things is like, okay, what is that? Yeah. What is that? Google, Google, wait, what yeah. is that? Thing. Oh my goodness. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you don't want to go back. It's, it's yeah. nothing you eat is worth losing that health you gain. And you know, the, the freedom you gain, Yeah, you yeah. know, for it's, me, it was definitely not- about, it was about the food freedom. It was about giving me the, the mental capacity and the mental edge to start to examine my relationship with food and weight and body image and to release all of that, that was causing me so much pain. I didn't choose those messages. They were placed on me as a kid. They've been placed on all of us. You didn't choose these beliefs, but when you get to the point where you realize how much they're harming you and holding you back, you can choose if you want to take on new beliefs. So, and I'm sure that's going to um, totally infiltrate our conversation today surrounding the scale. Well, it needs to be. And one other thing that you kind of brought up too, is how by eating kind of basically how we should be eating, you know, according to the way our body is made and our ancestors, et cetera. But yet your thought of is weird because you won't indulge in crap food. Like, and what I mean by crap is refined, you know, carbohydrates. And I'm not talking vegetables. We can, that's another day, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, refined foods, cookies, cakes, bread, pasta, la, 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 that somehow is normal. Right. But if you don't partake in it, you're weird. Yeah, it's true. Everybody what gets happened? really, really concerned about you when you decide to eat meat and vegetables, but nobody's concerned about you when you're eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's in front of them. Nobody <laughs> says anything to you then. Yeah. Isn't that true. messed up? That to yeah. me, you know, like you said, the whole beliefs thing, but when it's been so indoctrinated into us and you yeah. see it all over the TV and it's in magazines and there's fast food restaurants everywhere, it's it's kind of one of those things that you do start to begin to think that that's what's normal. Right. And when your eyes are open, you're like, Oh my gosh. And you know, it used to bother me at the beginning. I don't know about you where people would kind of judge you, right? Like what you, we were just talking about and that kind of bothered me a little bit. And it kind of does make you question a little bit now (laughs) question all you want. I don't care. I do not care because you know what? I feel good. Do you, I'm just saying, saying. and over time, I will say all the people that were very concerned about me and were very critical of the way that I was eating over time, results don't lie. Every single one of those people has at one point come to me and asked for help or questions or things. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You'll get the, you'll get the respect. If you just keep sticking with it, people exactly. Yeah, that's right. Don't push your views on other people. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, judge their way of eating. I mean, okay. Inside your head, you might a little bit, <laughs> but you know, it's not really so much judging for me. It's just like, Oh God, I've been there. Do you know what you're doing yeah. to your body? Because yeah. I do, I do, you know, yeah. between my knowledge and experience, I know yeah. what's going on inside your body right now. Oh my God. And yeah, but it's not, you know, like, Oh God, you know, you're not eating what I do. It's not a, it's not a criticism of the individual because you used to be stuck in it as well. And you know, now that it wasn't your fault, it was the food's fault. It's more like a, like a holy frustration Mm -hmm. at the system that is oppressing everybody by keeping us all addicted to these highly processed sugary non-foods. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's get to talking about healing your relationship with the scale. First of all, 
Why do you think that there is so much emphasis put on the stupid little machine, if you want to call it that, a tool? And I will say, just coming from my background, that scale determined my mood. And I got to the part where I was in, you know, one of my many times of losing weight or whatever. And I knew that the scale bothered me too much. I couldn't weigh every day. So I weighed once a week, but I'm going to tell you what, if it didn't go down on that once a week, Mm -hmm. it was ugly. It was ugly and it ruined my whole entire day. Yeah. Why, why is that a thing? Yeah. I think it's just a lack of being taught anything other than the scale as being the measure of health or the measure of, um, your body size, making you attractive and valuable and all of these things, you know, like I said, it's, it's the air that we breathe. That's what we grew up with. That's what our mothers passed down to us. It was on the cover of every magazine. It was on every episode of daytime TV or just whatever, right. It was always all about losing more weight was constantly put in the front of your mind as like, this should be your number one goal as a female breathing. Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I saw my mom step on the scale almost every day when I was growing up. Um, there was a scale in our bathroom. I don't remember when's the first time that I stepped on the scale, but it was at a young age. My, my parents cared about what I weighed. I remember being at the doctor as a kid and the doctor being concerned about what I weighed. I remember it being a very big issue when I was growing up. Like I said, I, I was overweight. And so the scale to me was like kind of the judge and jury of like, you're either good or you're not good. You're either yes. right or you're wrong. Right. And so mm-hmm. like, there was something wrong with me that I was overweight mm-hmm. and I needed to fix that, you know, and I, I needed for the scale to say what I needed it to say to prove that I was okay, that there was nothing wrong with me, that I was acceptable, that I was good. Like, that's kind of what it was for me. Also, of course, I wanted to be hot. I wanted to, you know, look cute and tiny, like all the little cheerleaders that were like five, two in my high school, you know, all these things. This is what I was comparing myself to. I was comparing myself to people on the cover of magazines or people that had a much smaller frame than me and all these things. I didn't know necessarily about BMI. Um, I remember being in high school and um, being in a chat room. And somebody said, cause like when you're in a chat room, this was before like social media or whatever. So you're just mm-hmm. in a chat room. And, and one of the things that people ask you is like age, sex, location. And a lot of times like guys would ask like what, what you weigh. And you see people having these conversations and stuff. Like how tall are you height and weight? Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, I don't even remember if it was a girl or a guy or whatever, but somebody in this chat room said, if you weigh over 135 pounds, you're a heifer. Doesn't matter. Like whatever. And I just like. <laughs> I just internalized that. And I was like, oh crap. Cause I did, I weighed over 135 pounds. Mind you, I'm five, seven. I think when I was in high school, uh-huh. I was probably around 140 to 145, but I internalized that right away. Like I didn't even question it. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. But like that anybody would think like anything over 135 pounds for being a female is like heavy. I was again, something's wrong with me. Like I, I need to get smaller. And for me, that always stayed a number in my mind. That 135 number was always a number in my mind of like, oh, I'm fat if I'm anything above 135, even though that's not true. That's not true at all. Yeah. So that's kind of like my relationship with the scale. I remember stepping on the scale most, most days of my life. Um, Mm. I remember times in my life when I threw away the scale, 
thinking that that would solve my problem. Or my husband one time threw away my scale because he was so frustrated with me. He was like, this is ridiculous. This thing is ruling your life. It's dictating, like you said, your mood. Mm. Um, I would cry. I would cuss. I would want to throw the thing across the room. It it would influence my plans for the day. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm canceling plans. I gained Mm -hmm. two pounds. I don't want to see anybody. It would change the outfit that I was planning to wear. It would change the food that I would plan to eat. I would want to fast for the day or for two days or three days or whatever. Like, yeah. And I had such a negative relationship with the scale. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Me too. And like you said, it's kind of like, it's, it's a judgment of your worth of your effort. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't do what you want, it's like getting a big old F and it's all your fault and you didn't work hard enough or you didn't, whatever you didn't achieve what you should have achieved. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know so much more now, but I'm going to tell you that if I was to start weighing again, Mm -hmm. even though I know this information Mm -hmm. and I work with my clients on this information, it would still affect me. Yeah. And I know better. Yeah. That's how deeply rooted this crap is. And it's infuriating if you think about it, that how we have been so, you know, pushed into this mindset and the heifer thing. Oh Lord. I had a similar comment, a similar comment that, that plays over in my head, even still now, Mm -hmm. not as much. It's a lot quieter, but it's still, there's something like that. But back in my day, it was not so much what's set on the scale, but your what size you were. Yeah. Like if you were anything other than, you know, a size zero or a two, mm-hmm. you will heifer, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And so that was it that was more of my goal, honestly, than the scale, even though the scale, you know, showed your progress, which should show up in your, you know, clothes or I thought. Yeah. And so, you know, I in order to achieve that, the things I did was horrific. Yeah but I got down to a double zero. I did. Of course I was anorexic and bulimic malnutritioned, um, (laughs) set myself Mm up, you know, for all kinds of grief later in life, but Mm -hmm. I got in the double zeros. I won the heifer. (laughs) How'd you feel when you did? Uh, good for a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. lots and lots of attention, but, uh, did it fix my issues? No. Right. Ultimately, did it it relieve any anxiety when you reached that number? No. No, no, mm-hmm. no. And yeah. you know, I, that's what I, I tell my clients, you know, it feels great to lose weight. It does. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good to be able to wear nice clothes. It does. It makes you feel good, but that is not what is making you happy. It doesn't change any issues you had before just, you know, in your mind. And I know you're probably going to talk about this, about how you, you think that, you know, oh, well, if I just reach a certain size or I just reach a goal, everything is happy. Yeah. No, no, yeah. that's not what happens. No, not until you fix what the underlying issue is to begin with. It doesn't really matter what you change on the outside or other things you do, you know, because it's not just weight and everything, but it's other things that Mm -hmm. matter too, that you think, oh, if I just accomplish this, like for me, I was like, oh, well, I will feel fulfilled if I get published as a writer. Mm -hmm. Well, I got published a a few times, I don't know, like seven times or something. And it was like, eh, it was so anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. I actually cried. Yeah. Even when I held my first book in my hands. Yeah. Because there was something else that was the problem. That yeah. wasn't it. Yeah. 
So it's the same thing. It's like, you just, you think that this one thing and for women, Mm -hmm. I think they focus a whole lot on the scale Yeah, and size. It's true. And it feels, um, first of all, we don't want the thing. We, we want how we believe we will feel when we reach the thing, right? Exactly. So you believed you would feel fulfilled or yes. that you'd have that sense of meaning or purpose or validation or love for yourself or just whatever, seeing that number on the scale or getting your book published or whatever. Um, but the process to get there, sometimes we make ourselves so miserable in the process to get there thinking, oh, the means will justify the ends. That's not true. You can't just magically flip a switch and feel enlightened and exactly how you want to feel just one day when you finally see that number, it's going to fall flat. It's going to feel hollow. And not only do I notice sometimes that for me and for a lot of the clients that I work with, that the number feels anticlimactic, but actually sometimes it can induce even more anxiety. I I can't even tell you how many times I've seen clients totally um, regress because they finally saw a number smaller on the scale than they thought that they would see in that amount of time. And it just completely freaked them out. And, you know, then it causes them to go like on a bender because they get this thought in their mind of like, oh my God, I have to maintain this forever. And it just freaks them out. Same thing with Mm. compliments. Like when people compliment your body and notice that you've lost weight, that can be really, really triggering as well. Did you Mm. have a positive experience with people complimenting you or was it negative or was it like a mixed bag? Uh, for me, I, I think it was, uh, as far as I can remember, it was good. Yeah. It, it was a good thing because I think I had such a negative self image that I was getting the validation or at least for a while, you know, yeah. um, I don't know. I think it wasn't negative for me, but mm-hmm. I do see that it's, it's negative for a lot of people. Yeah. I don't really know why it wasn't for me necessarily, or maybe I didn't perceive it that way. Maybe, it, maybe it was, and I just didn't really, you know, hone in on that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes for me, I think it gives me a little bit of anxiety because if somebody notices that I've like, let's just say lost five pounds, cause I was trying out a new strategy and somebody says something to me like, Oh my gosh, you look great. What have you been doing differently? And I'll kind of share with them. Oh, I treat my, my proteins a little higher. My fats a little bit lower. Yeah. I'm feeling really good. Blah, blah, blah. But then let's just say that, you know, it was the holidays and maybe I gained three to five pounds or whatever. Mm. And then I have to, I know that I'm going to go see that same person. I kind of like mentally freak out because I'm like, but that person is paying attention to my body because they noticed when I lost weight. So they're probably going to notice that I've gained weight. It does. It can give you a little bit of anxiety. Okay. When you put it that way. Yes. Yes. And I don't know why I didn't think of this, but even I'm sorry when my ear things keeps popping out, but, um, when, when you're in the, you know, more of the, you know, our community, more visible in our community, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say, um, you know, a lot of people hold you up to a certain standard without realizing you're a person too, and you have issues to overcome as well. And especially like with this whole, you know, the big C thing going on, Mm -hmm. um, it, it did affect me. In, in the sense that it depressed me because I didn't like seeing everybody with the, mm, and, you know, it, I, it just depressed me yeah. and, um, I not being, I'm very social. And so not really getting to do as much of that I, anyway, it caused issues. And mm-hmm. I did see that, um, my stress level went sky high mm-hmm. and I put on some weight. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't good gosh, these things, um, I didn't change my eating one bit. 
Mm. Not one bit. I didn't change my activity one bit. Nothing changed except for my stress level. My cortisol went crazy. And, you know, I'm sure all kinds of hormonal and plus menopause. Right. So I did gain some weight and there was a a keto meetup Mm -hmm. and I almost didn't go. And and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like, you know, I gained a hundred pounds or something. It wasn't that it was just that you know, you are expected to look a certain way and God help you if you don't for some people, you know, and I just, it was, it was hard for me to, to, you know, but it made no difference. Oh my gosh. I feel you so much. It it was a beautiful time and I would have missed out on so much. I know. I know For for a few pounds. Yeah. I'm so glad that you went. Um, I work with this with a lot of women and I have felt this way myself as well, because I started my weight loss coaching practice It was about, um, nine months after my daughter was born and I was still breastfeeding. I was postpartum. I was about 20 pounds more than what I am right now. And I felt so much insecurity starting to call myself a weight loss coach. Literally people would be like, what do you do? And I would be like, oh, I'm, I'm a coach or I'm a, I'm a life coach. Like, but I was afraid to say I'm a weight loss coach. Cause I was afraid that people would just judge me if they were seeing me in person, I was putting stuff out on Facebook and yada, yada, like, you know, you can like tailor your little photos and everything to be a little mm-hmm. bit more flattering and the angles and things like that. But, oh my gosh, I felt so much personal insecurity and I just <laughs> made myself do it anyway. I was like, yeah. I'm just going to freaking do this thing because, you know, First of all, a lot of times people are, people don't want perfection. People that have a hundred pounds to lose, they're not going to be inspired by some size four, you know, eight pack chick on Instagram, right? That, that girl is going to get her audience. Right. But like a lot of the women that I want to work with, like have a significant amount of weight to lose. And for them, like your body is somebody else's dream body. Right. Really. And truly somebody else would like kill to be in the body. So true. Yeah, so true. And it is really sad that we have allowed ourselves to feel that way. Yeah. Because I know, you know, it's, we are responsible for how we Mm -hmm. feel, nobody else, whatever. But when you have all these outside noises, you know, and I see it all the time on social media in our Mm -hmm. community, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, wow, do you know what you're doing to that person? And they're trying to bring you information. Stuff happens. Hormones happen. And like I said, for me, I didn't change a dang thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's yeah. like one of those things, you know, I can only control so much, you know, mm-hmm. and so having to try to figure out, but that that's the thing of it. I think people don't understand. It's just because you think you have something figured out. It can change on a dime. Mm-hmm situational, you know, yeah. you could come up with some kind of illness that had nothing to do with your health or lifestyle. Yeah. It could be something just that happened. Mm-hmm. You could get hit by a car and then be laid up. And then, yeah. you know, it's just anything can happen yeah. and stress. Good God, stress. That is my biggest issue I struggle with. And I work on it all the time, but mm-hmm. it's still, and it's better, but you know, it still happens. So you can't ever think that you found the Holy grail and it will never, ever change right. or that you won't ever have to deal with issues. Right. And, you know, we're human mm-hmm. things happen to us too. Yeah. 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 We have the information. We have certain, you know, skills or whatever, but we still have stuff happen. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're not crazy. You're not alone. And first of all, it's not even just, it's not even just me and you being in the keto space, all women that I work with in some way, shape or form feel that their value and their credibility is tied up in what they weigh. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I've worked with women who, you know, just are maybe they're public speakers. They have to get up on stage sometimes, even just women who work in a normal office and have to show up to a meeting and they don't want to speak up because they're afraid that people perceive them as lazy, undisciplined, you know, unintelligent, whatever, because of their weight, because of their body size. Yeah. And so in so many ways we're, we're hiding or we're holding ourselves back. I'm glad that you kept the plans. I try to encourage everybody, especially like after a holiday weekend or a spring break or whatever, you know, you, you shared that post of mine, basically like, you know, resist the urge to compensate, resist the urge to hide out today. Like people Mm -hmm. love you just show up. You know, I'm so glad that you showed up because you could have missed out on something so great or something so silly. It was, it was beautiful. And, and nobody, I mean, like I said, it wasn't like it was a big thing. It was just in my head, you know, mm-hmm. perceived and the people were so, oh, it was, it was a beautiful time and I really, yeah. truly would have missed out on it. So yeah. justice, right. Y'all uh, do your thing. Who cares? Yeah. And you know what? And if somebody does judge you, you don't need them in your life anyway. Mm-hmm. And why should their opinion matter yeah. in the realm of thing? What, who cares? Mm-hmm. Do they have any impact on your life? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are they paying your bills? Are they giving you what you need? I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, why, why do we give so much power to people to make us feel that way? Hmm. I think it's that it's, it is what we worry that other people feel, but it's actually what we think about it. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Like it's that we're agreeing with that. Right. That's, that's the problem. It's not that other people think it, it's that you also secretly agree that that's true. And you haven't actually processed fully through that. Like, when I gain a couple of pounds, one of the first things that I try to do with myself is remind myself of the day when I was on the downward trend and saw that number and how excited I was to see that number. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That once that number that you hate today, you actually were so excited to see that yes. number on the scale. <laughs> that just goes to show you that it's not the number that's hurting you. It's the story that you're telling yourself about it. And that has so much to do with healing your relationship with the scale. So I would love to talk a little bit about like frequency of weighing yourself because you mentioned before that you basically the way that you handle the scale is like very rarely getting on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is that because you're afraid of this, like not, not being able to change the story that you tell yourself when you step on it? I, I just know how it makes me feel. I know the control I allow it to have over me yeah. and I just, it, and it's never going to be good enough. You know, yeah. the number is never going to be satisfying to me. Yeah. I, I know that. I mean, it's better now mm-hmm. it is. And I don't really even think about it anymore, but if I started doing that again, mm-hmm. I would, I know I would flip that right back in, into play. You know, yeah. I, I have a feeling because I do have that kind of personality anyway. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of an, almost an addictive thing, really, mm-hmm. you know, and I do have a very addictive mind. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a valid choice. I think, you know, um, in the sense that where we want to get to is that the number on the scale doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You could either completely abandon it because it doesn't matter, or you could look at it constantly and detach yourself from the fact that it matters. Like, so For me personally, when I gave up the scale, like I threw it in the trash, I think this was in, I think I did this in like either February or March of 2020. And I was like, I'm so over this with the scale. I'm so over it affecting how I feel every day. I was irritated, especially because here I am already a weight loss coach and I'm still personally struggling with this crap. 
I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know, you're at a, you're in a healthy weight range. Just stop obsessing what this number looks like every single day. And I threw my scale in the trash. So mind you, middle of COVID, so stressful, like everything else is completely outside of my control. And to an extent, seeing that number on the scale every day, it did give me some level of like control over what I have control over. Like I have control over myself and what I eat and yada, yada. And it felt good for a little while to not weigh myself, but I'm pretty sure, um, it was maybe like three, four weeks before I started like freaking out, like completely freaking out Amber, like like trying to connive ways that I could step on somebody else's scale just so that I could figure out what I weighed. Like it was starting Whoa. to become an obsession. It increased my anxiety all the more. Wow. Literally Amber, I am not proud of this moment. I was like in target, like walking, buying other things, but I'm like, I'm just going to go walk down the scale aisle and hope that one of these things has a battery in it and put it on the ground and step on it. Like I, I couldn't figure out how to get the box untaped without, you know, whatever oh, like, wow. like a little thing from the battery thing. But like my mind was going there. It was, wow. dark. it was dark. Um, at some point I wound up going over my sister's house and she had a scale and I stepped on the scale. I think it was like 60 days was the longest I went without weighing myself. And I, I was so upset with myself too. I was like, why do you care? What, why does it matter? Yada, yada, yada. Mm. Um, but for me, I actually found that it kind of backfired to never look at the scale. Wow. So I think different things work for different people. Mm. And then one day I was listening to a podcast and somebody else was sharing about how they actually weigh themselves every day, but because the scale fluctuates so much, what they do is they actually just take a weekly average. And I don't know why this never occurred to there's, me in my entire life. There's an app that does that. Really? What's it called? And that was, that was so helpful to me. I can't even tell you that made the biggest difference. Let me see if I can even find it anymore, but it, it was, it takes the average and it shows you your yes. trend. Yes. Yeah. And it was super cool. And that's the one way that I was able to, to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, but Does you know, it, after, does it like sync with your scale and not show you what you weigh that day, but only gives you like a weekly report or something? It is called happy scale hmm. and it gives you milestones and stuff like okay. that. And this was a long time ago. Let me see if it, it, it and it gives you reports. Oh gosh, hmm. it's been so long ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been years, but it, it shows you all kinds of cool stuff. And I, I it, you can see, you know, that it all in a um, one picture, if you will, yeah, like yeah. from your starting like weight mm -hmm. and you can, you know, kind of see like this, but mm -hmm. it's all the averages. Mm -hmm. And so long as your average is trending downward, mm -hmm. that's what you go for. I mean, exactly. even if you have this or even this, so long as it, and then, you know, you may go like this and, and it, it was very helpful for me actually. And if yeah. I was to start doing that again, I would definitely take that approach because it does vary every day. I yeah. mean, it just does. It, it yeah. varies certain times of the month. I mm -hmm. mean, depending mm -hmm. on what you eat, elimination, et cetera, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. just so much. I go over that with my clients all the time, regardless of how often they choose to step on the scale. I give them options. I'm like, well, do you just never want to use the scale? And we could just do body measurements and photos. That's totally fine. Some, most of my clients, I find that they want to start with like, okay, I really don't like weighing in, but I'll do it once a week because 
we are measuring progress by weight, right? We say, I want to lose weight. Okay. Right. So we, we do care about the number on the scale to some extent, and it is a valid measure of progress. It's usually one of the most accessible ones because getting a body scan is not as that accessible. Um, but measurements and, and stepping on the scale and photos, these are like the three most accessible um, ways that we have. Um, and I, I do remind my clients like, Hey, make sure you take those measurements because I can't even tell you how many times I see. And this was myself and my clients. You're shrinking, even though the number on the scale is not going down. And that's because you're eating higher protein and you're building muscle as you are losing fat. Your body is literally recompositioning itself with keto or carnivore or a low carb approach much differently than just eating low calorie. Um, I reached Mm. the same number on the scale. Um, but okay, let me, let me try to contextualize this. Um, as I was on my weight loss journey, I'm just going to pick a random number because this will be easy, but I remember on my wedding day, which was, oh my gosh, 17 years ago, I was just eating low calorie and I weighed 140 pounds and I was a size eight. So then I gained a bunch of weight. Then I lose the weight. I reach 150 pounds and I'm a size eight. I was shocked that I weighed 10 pounds more, but I was at the same pant size as I were, I was before when I was eating low calorie versus low carb. So that's just a little snapshot that you might actually reach your goal size before you reach your goal weight yes. when you are doing keto or low carb. So make sure to take those measurements. So many times my belt was uh-huh. looser. My, I was down a notch, even though I was the same number on the scale, my rings were twirling around so many non-scale victories that I do with my clients. But yeah, so I give them the option of like, do you want to never weigh? Do you want to weigh maybe once a week? Um, or do you want to weigh every day and take the weekly average? Many of my clients are really gun shy about that third thing and in the beginning. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. And it's exactly because of what you said They're, They don't trust themselves to be able mm-hmm. to handle that. They're afraid of the scale. They're afraid. I'm like, Oh yeah, I get it. But I'm also like, what is to be afraid of? Because the scale can't hurt you. The only yeah. thing that's hurting you <laughs> is the story that you are telling yourself about that number. And so with, with a lot of patients, we will get there, but if people only want to weigh in once a week, I usually recommend to do it on Fridays because we tend to eat a little mm. bit more moderately throughout the week or a little bit more on plan. And then sometimes we just eat more. Um, we eat at different times on the weekend. We might eat a little bit more on the weekend, even if we're still staying on plan. Um, so usually it, chances are your lowest weight of the week is probably going to be on a Friday morning. So that's what I would recommend. Um, but then again, it's just a snapshot in time. So I always tell my clients like, okay, if you want to weigh once a week and on a Friday morning, we're texting back and forth and you are mad about that number. And you're going to be like, what do I do differently? Like, should I change everything? I'm going to say, no, (laughs) let's weigh in again on Sunday morning or Monday morning and see what it says. And sure enough that whenever that happens, like 90% of the time, they're back down to a lower weight than they were the previous Friday when they step on the scale about two or three days later, because like you said, there's so many things that can influence the scale. Like, can you go through those again? What, what did you say? Oh, well the hormones, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, depending on what time of the month it is, what you eat and uh, you know, you can retain more water depending on what it is you eat. Even if it's quote something healthy, it can still do that to you. If you know, you haven't eliminated properly Mm -hmm. enough, you're still, you know, it does weigh to a certain degree. And, you know, there's just so much that can, can, can make that work. And, you know, weight is just, a measurement. That's all it is. It's, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't tell you the 
fat you lost. Mm -hmm. And this is the problem I think is we're so focused on weight where weight takes everything into consideration, you know, Mm -hmm. your bones, your muscle, you know, the amount of water, if you're dehydrated or not, because I'll tell you what, after having some drinks the night before the next day, I always weighed like a pound or two less. Yeah. Cause it dehydrated. Was it because I didn't, mm-hmm. I dropped the fat? Yeah, no. <laughs> You're like, yay, drinking is magic. <laughs> Woo, I'm going to do more of that. So it matters, but yeah. we need to focus, if you're going to focus on that, is the fat loss, not yeah. the weight loss. And yeah. people just don't get that, I think. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, I want the skill to show it. Exactly. <laughs> but I would much rather lose the actual fat mm-hmm. than, you know parts of my muscle, um, you know, uh, water weight, whatever you want to call it. I want to lose the fat. That is my goal, not the other. So it's it's all the one equation. So focus on fat loss, not weight loss. And the scale can't tell you that. Yeah. I mean, you can see the trends. It is a tool to use. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's the way I look at it. It can be a tool, Mm -hmm. but it's not the end all get all. And it doesn't change your worth. I think that is pretty much what you're trying to get at is that the number on the scale doesn't decide whether or not you're a success or if you're a good person or if you're valuable. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I think that like, even apart from those things, like, of course, we're all trying to detach ourselves from those really harmful beliefs and harmful stories. Like, yeah, my weight doesn't determine my worth, blah, blah, blah. Of course. Yet I'm still using this as a measure of my progress. Mm-hmm. on my journey. And I want to make sure that I'm doing this right. And so you can get so caught up in like just total frustration with what the scale says, if you don't, or if you're not able to give yourself context, right? So just all of those mm-hmm. things that you just listed, like that's such valuable information, like that I just never knew. And so I'm thinking every time that I gained weight on the scale, it means that either I did something wrong yep. or that my body is fighting me. Oh, that was mine. Are just so frustrating. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. I had this horrible, horrible relationship with my body for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Because if it didn't show on the scale, then and I know that I tracked every calorie. I mean, and I I'm very OCD, so it wasn't like I was underestimating. And I always adjusted, you know, to allow for anything I might have screwed up, even though I was so meticulous. Mm -hmm. And I didn't snack. I didn't do all those things. I didn't do these little bites here. And I didn't do that. So I knew I knew in my gut. And so the next thing was, well, yes, stupid body. Yeah. You know, you are fighting me. How dare you? You know, yeah. my mind is doing everything. Why are you not cooperating? Right. And then I, I felt like, you know, I was separate from my body yes. and I actually, and this is a horrible thing to say, I punished my body mm-hmm. because it refused to cooperate. It was like, it was another entity. It wasn't part yeah. of me. Right. And, you know, I had this self-loathing, not for me as a person, but for my body, because it didn't do what my mind said Mm -hmm. it should do. And yeah, that, that is so, 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 so detrimental to your mental health, you know, it's like, and and then when you realize it, like once you start really getting into how incredibly 
awesome your body is. It's this awesome biological machine. And and it just wants you to survive. It's doing Mm -hmm. the best it can with what you give it. Yeah. And there's going to be times where it it, it don't care about what you look like on the outside. It don't Mm -hmm. care about your hair. Don't care about Mm -hmm. your hair. If if something else is going on, it's going to shut that off. Just shut it off. And the whole, and a lot of times the fat gain is a survival thing. Right. It's, it's to help, you know, get toxins out of your body or Mm -hmm. to act like an organ and produce estrogen Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. Ever. And so it does the best it can. It's yes. because it's trying to help you. It's not trying right. to hurt you. It's you trying to help right. you. Yeah. And you know, once you realize that, I think that's why I can accept certain things now better. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying yeah. I like it, but I understand it. And I'm yes. like, you know, bless your little heart. You're just trying to help me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm exactly. trying to help you now, you know? So you so have this good. relationship. Yeah. So yeah. good. You're right. When you have the context, again, it doesn't mean you have to like the fact that you gained mm-hmm. a pound, but at mm-hmm. least if you can understand it, then you feel like you're not crazy. You can accept right. it if you can understand it. So you're yes. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I just need to poop. Okay. Yeah. I, that makes sense. I haven't pooped in two days. What can I do about that? Maybe I'll take some magnesium. Maybe I'll have some extra fiber today, something like that. Or like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm nine years in, I have a very regular menstrual cycle. I'm very healthy. Um, and I gain a pound every time I ovulate mm-hmm. and I gain two pounds every time I have PMS. It's just yeah. normal. It's normal to retain water due to hormones. It doesn't mean that I overate. I didn't, I didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. As right. If there, there is a thing, right. So I didn't do anything different, didn't do anything wrong. And it just happens. Sometimes your body is just inflamed. Maybe you, maybe you're trying to work out at the same time that you're trying to lose mm-hmm. weight. Man, yes. If you had leg day and you tore muscle inflammation, mm-hmm. retaining water is your body's natural process for helping you to heal that, um, you know, broken down muscle that you just tore and to repair mm-hmm. it. And it will come back stronger the next time. What a beautiful process that your body is actually helping you. Oh yeah. We would, we would perceive that as what the hell, you know, why did I gain three pounds and I ate everything perfect yesterday? And I did a hard workout P90X. Like, why am I gaining weight? And then you just give up yep. because you don't understand it, but it's that's you, right. Um, like mm. kind of the knowledge is power thing. So get, going through context with that, with my clients is something that I try to do just the, that education, because when you have context and you can understand that, then when you see a number, you can actually apply a helpful story to it, such as, mm. Oh, here's the logical explanation. It's going to change again tomorrow you know, if I just be patient mm-hmm. and hang in there, I can calm myself down and I can accept it and not self-sabotage today as a result, instead of the harmful story, which is my body's fighting me. I'm doing mm-hmm. something wrong. What's the point? This is completely hopeless. I'm a failure. I'm worthless. You're disgusting. So all the shaming, all the punishing, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. So we yep. have to be able to provide context in order to tell ourselves a better story about it. Oh, that absolutely. And, (laughs) you know, when you do have that negative thought process, it's kind of hard. And again, you don't have to like it. Okay. Okay. Sure. But I hate to say it, but women, your hormones fluctuate Mm -hmm. all through the month. It is Mm -hmm. our lot in life. That's one of the reasons why men tend to do better at weight loss or be able to lose more. You know, they give up cream in their coffee and they lose 20 pounds. You are doing everything (laughs) under the sun, eating 800 calories, working out every day and you can't drop a freaking pound. Yeah. Well, we, I'm sorry. Yes. Calorie deficits. Okay. Whatever it matters. Calories matter, but hormones matter Mm -hmm. more. Yeah, because you can have a deficit, but if your hormones are wackadoodle, yeah. it, sorry, 
because yeah. I'm going to tell you, like I said, I calculated everything to a yeah. T. I measured everything. I weighed everything. Mm-hmm. I calculated to the little tiny bite. Mm-hmm. And I even allowed for, you know, put a, I don't know, 200 calories in case I miss something. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> I guarantee you, I didn't. And it did not show up on the scale. Like mm-hmm. you're told, oh, you eat 3,500 calories less. You're going to lose a pound. Well, right. I would calculate it out. Yeah. And according to my calculations, I should have lost four pounds. Yeah. But I gained one. Yeah. Uh, but it was a calorie deficit. And that what yeah. we're told it all is all about. Yeah. Hmm. But then the next week I may lose three, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's hormones. People like you you have to understand that as women, ours is going to float. Our weight's going to fluctuate way more than men. It's true. And even theirs fluctuate, but ours way more. You just cannot put a hundred percent faith into the scale. Look at the trend. Look at the trend. Do the average, whatever you need to do. Don't, you know, take every day as, oh my God, I gained three pounds. Well, Mm -hmm. that's really not possible in one Mm -hmm. day. Not really. I mean, if you can do that, because I'll guarantee I couldn't. And I I used to be a binger. Yeah. There's there's no way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You're so right about the hormones and it it does feel very, you know, quote unquote unfair that men, you know, men, their hormones vary, but throughout a 24 hour cycle. And every single day, it's like Groundhog Day from a hormone perspective. They repeat the same hormonal pattern within a 24-hour period. Women, it's a 28-day cycle or or however long your cycle is. And so we have a different hormonal cocktail literally every day of the month, and it it varies. And at certain times of the month, our bodies are retaining water. At certain times of the month, our bodies are more sensitive to carbohydrates or more resistant to fasting. There's like so many different things to take into consideration. But the more that I've learned about my cycle, and again, just education is power. Like Mm -hmm. I've started to appreciate this about myself and learn that it's kind of a superpower. And if you can adjust your eating and even all of your activities, like your social plans, um, your business plans, everything, if you can adjust that to your cycle to match, like we got to stop trying to change ourselves and have our environment match how we naturally are wired. And that's like from personality, biology, everything. If we can do that, oh man, we're going to feel so much more at peace because it's, Mm. we're not the problem. The environment is the problem. And that's just so true across the board. I I agree with that a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And and I I still kind of go back to the, the part about where your body is this amazing thing. Mm -hmm. And just like anything you alter in your body, your body is like, Oh, whoa, wait a minute here. So it needs to borrow from somewhere else to kind of help compensate for whatever you're losing. And then that is lacking. So then somewhere else, so your body is trying to do all this stuff. So that's why I think it's so important for me to spread this knowledge like you, Mm -hmm. so you can give your body to your best ability, what it needs to function. And if you can avoid surgeries, if you can avoid medications that mess with your body, everything you do, your body messes with it. And I've even found out, and I didn't understand this, but speaking of, uh, your, your cycle and such, Mm -hmm. um, in my, like, uh, I don't know, early forties, I was profusely bleeding. Like I was losing tons of blood, lots and lots of, um, I, I was very anemic. They almost had to put me in the hospital, you know, for transfusions, mm-hmm. et cetera, whatever. So they decided to do that procedure called Novasure, where they basically mm-hmm. burn your uterus out. Yeah. I now know that that 
causes issues as well, because you messed with something that was important. That's yes. part of your body, even mm -hmm. gallbladders, appendix, anything that you mess with like that, it affects your body, even yeah. though, oh, we don't really use that anymore. <laughs> oh, this will compensate for it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You'll live all that kind of stuff, but it still affects your body. Yeah. And so you got to take all that into consideration, even when stepping on the freaking scale, yeah. you know, what's going, like you said, you mentioned the over-exercising or, you know, working out really hard mm -hmm. and your, your body's, you know, your muscles are torn down. And so you have the inflammation that is your body's beautiful way of healing. It mm -hmm. inflames and then it anti-inflames. That's yeah. the way your body's supposed to work. And yeah. when you're in the inflammation stage, which is perfectly normal and it, you know, you're going to probably see a you know, up, yeah. upward and swing in your weight, yeah. but then just let the inflammation goes down and then it'll go back down again on its own. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it works. Yeah. And you mentioned too, like at the beginning of COVID, like you didn't change anything about the way that you nope. ate. It was just stress. And so mm -hmm. that's a hormonal thing because your mm -hmm. stress hormone cortisol is interlinked with insulin, which is your hormone that helps to process, you know, your blood sugar and, and store excess blood sugar as fat. So basically mm -hmm. when you have high stress, high cortisol, and this can come from stress, it can come from sleep deprivation, which yes. I know that was a lot, a lot of, not just for me, like the postpartum hormones of breastfeeding, but also the sleep deprivation yes. <laughs> was insane at that time that, um, was increasing my insulin, you know, sensitivity, or basically making me more resistant to processing the normal load of carbohydrates that I hadn't changed anything. I was eating low carb. I was eating keto, but my body was processing it differently because my insulin was high because my cortisol yes. was high. Right. Yes. And yes. so it, that can be so infuriating too, when I'm working with clients who are like doing everything right, eating perfect mm -hmm. keto, but sleeping four hours a night. Yeah. That's not gonna work. <laughs> that is not going to work. And you're going to be so frustrated. Absolutely. Yeah. And I never, you know, okay. Sleep is great. Okay. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, really, whatever, you mm -hmm. know, like I never really thought it was that big of a deal. I get it now. Mm -hmm. It is a big deal. And you have to put, uh, you know, some emphasis into that sleep. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not just quantity, it's quality. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, practice the, uh, like what I do, this is what I found works for me and that I'm willing to do. I don't like a lot of the other stuff. I don't like yoga. I don't like, you know, all this, you know, meditation. No, but I, I do breath work and that yeah. works for me and I'm That's willing awesome. to do it. And mm -hmm. I can literally feel myself shifting, shifting from the sympathetic uh, to the parasympathetic. I yeah. feel it and I can yeah. feel it down my arms and it tingles in my fingertips. And I'm like, Ooh, this is cool. You That's know, awesome. and, and I do some like vagal tone kind of things, you know, and, and I, I'm going to tell you what I sleep like a baby and I That's wear awesome. an aura ring. And, and so I kind of like, you know, keep a check on it because I'm, as you know, I'm in a very stressful situation right now yeah. and dealing with my mom. And, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I try to keep a, a check on that because if I'm not healthy and working, to the best that I can. I won't say optimally right now because it's a little hard to do that, but I can't take care of anybody else. Right. So right now my health actually is very important to other people, not mm -hmm. just me. That's and true. so I, I really pay attention to my sleep more than I do anything. Yeah. I mean, my diet's a given. I mean, that's so easy now. I just, it's automatic. It ain't, it's right. not even a question anymore, but uh, my sleep I'm focusing on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So add that people listening, add that to the list of, you know, the sleep. context to ask yourself, like, how was your sleep the night before? That's a real thing. Yeah. Because yes. it, I, I've read a statistic that it increases your cortisol as much as 60% the next day. 
And, you know, Mm -hmm. that is just the hormonal aspect, not Mm -hmm. to mention how it impacts your judgment, your frontal cortex, like your rational brain goes offline and your toddler brain just takes over. Like Mm -hmm. your decision-making mechanism is completely impaired, like more so than being a drunk driver, honestly, like your judgment Mm -hmm. is impaired. You're not going to make good food decisions the next day because you're just going to be like, whatever, it's in survival (laughs) mode. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's like, when I don't get good quality sleep, mm-hmm. my husband's always like, you need to go to bed. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because <laughs> you aren't making any sense at all. It's like, you're talking dyslexic, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I can't even get out words and I reverse words. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. And it's like, I hear myself say it and it's like, wait, wait, that's not what my mind said. I don't know why it came out like that. And, and it's bad. And it's like, yeah, I got to go to bed. That's it. I'm done. Mm, yeah. Done. And yeah, so I, I now know that. And see, the, you have your own warning signs, mm-hmm. even though you think, oh, well, I go to bed at this time. Mm-hmm. But if you are a mouth breather, if you have stress going on, if you're in a hot room, if it, there's so many factors that can affect your sleep, even though you were in bed for yeah. say nine hours and you're pretty sure you slept eight of them because you, yeah. you last time you saw was this, and then you woke up doesn't mean it was quality. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So yeah, for me personally, I would say probably the, the biggest things that have helped me to heal my relationship with the scale is switching to this strategy of weighing myself every day and taking the weekly average. And it mm-hmm. kind of like helped me to desensitize myself to what that number means by just observing it every single day to notice, okay, what goes up, it's going to come back down and to to reestablish that sense of safety in me, because every time it would go up, I would panic and freak out. And then all of the scarcity thoughts come in like, oh no, you better do something drastic because now you're off course. And if, if you don't be careful, all the weight that you, that you lost is going to come back on. And and all of these things, you start to have all these thoughts come in and then you hatch the harebrained scheme of how you're going to compensate and yada, yada, (laughs) yada. Right. So For me to actually be able to break that pattern, I had to be able to desensitize myself and observe, yes, it goes up and it goes down and goes up and goes down to to start to trust that process, um, just by kind of being like a scientist and observing it and taking, taking, treating it as just data. Right. So for me, that was a big part of healing it. And then understanding the context, like I, I would make myself a list of like 15 things that could possibly have influenced the scale. And if I saw a number that I didn't like, I would take myself through every single one of those things, try to like be a detective and like mm-hmm. figure out, okay, so I'm not going to make it mean that there's something wrong with me. Like mm-hmm. I'm a failure or I'm a loser. Or I'm, you know, what hopeless, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make it mean one of these things because it's just a fact it is what it is. It's a circumstance. And I'm going to find a rational explanation for this that has nothing to do with my character. Right. And so I kind of forced myself to go through that process. And that's what I do with my clients, however often they want to weigh in to, to go through that process and give that context. And no, we're going to choose something rational here that actually makes sense. And that is helpful instead of this harmful belief system that you just inherited and is recycling through and hurting you every day and causing you to self-sabotage. That's not getting us anywhere. Right. And then I would say the third thing is that that voice that pops up, um, the one that we hate, the one that we say is just a jerk voice um, and that we wish would just disappear. I had to make friends with that voice. And instead of thinking I'm going to be at war with myself forever, I was just sick of being at war. And when we're sick of being at war, what do we do? We surrender. Mm-hmm. And then we just give up on our plans, right? Because we think it, surely just eating whatever is going to be easier 
than the pain of being at war with myself and obsessing over this every single day. Okay. What if the answer is not to give up and eat whatever, or just stop weighing yourself at all? What if the answer is to just befriend the voice in your head? Because every part of you is good. The voice that is saying like, "Uh uh-oh, panic, better, better freak out. We better do something drastic. And we did something wrong. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like everything's on fire. Like that is such a protective part of us that wants to help us to come back into line with our own integrity, safety, stability, predictability. All of these like things are fundamental human needs. And so in the past, before I was ever eating keto or low carb, like eating real foods, every time I gained weight, it was because I ate Taco Bell or (laughs) because I binged and ate an entire cheesecake or whatever. So of course my brain would naturally think that after, you know, at that point in my life, almost 30 years of that kind of behavior, of course, it's going to think that that was the reason, but now you can be like, okay, thank you brain. You know, like I see that you're just trying to protect me. Thank you. This voice that is trying to like Uh, use guilt or fear or whatever to try to like bring me back into line of like a a place of safety and control. Um, But actually that's not the case anymore. That's not the reason we're good. We're safe. It's different now. Right. And that I could like lovingly wrap my arms around this voice and bring it back into integrity with myself instead of treating it as a different part of me or a part of me that's my enemy. Right. And so that's another thing that I just think is so invaluable is is thanking this part of you that is the voice that you don't like reframing that really validating that. And, and, and that has been so healing for me. And I, and I love helping my clients to do the same thing as well. It's like, every time I suggest this and we do this in a coaching session, it's like, I can just feel their body just relax. Like, Oh my God, really? Like that's an option. I didn't know that was an option. (laughs) Yeah. You, you hit on something that is so my husband. Oh my God. He, he weighed himself every single day. And I'd be like, why, why are you doing that? Doesn't that like upset you when you, cause he'll go, Oh my God, I'm up three pounds. Hmm. <laughs> and then I'm like, doesn't that upset you? Whatever. And he goes, Oh, it, I think it's interesting. I like yeah. touching it. it. I just use it as, you know, uh, not even a tool, but just, he just thinks it's, it's so interesting yeah. how your weight fluctuates. And I'm like, you are one sick person. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but really he has it right, you know, cause he it's didn't so allow it to affect him. I mean, I'm not saying he liked getting, you know, up three pounds or whatever, but he'd be like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> you yes. Know? But honestly, also Amber, he wasn't programmed with the bullshit that you were programmed with. Very true. So it, it, true. when you, when you haven't reached that level, you're like, what's that like? That must be nice. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you an alien? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I literally do not understand how you could not be upset, you know, like, but we're not born that way. That was programmed into you through some Mm -hmm. bullshit narrative that you didn't choose. And is only hurting you. And you can choose to abandon that narrative and kind of be like your husband, you know, it takes work. It takes work. You know, I'm making it sound really, really simple. It is simple, but it's not easy. So kind of what I've shared with you is how I helped to decondition myself. Um, but you know, different things work for different people. I'm not going to suggest that this is the only way to heal your relationship with the scale, but I wanted to offer a little bit of picture into what's worked for me and to provide some level of hope and maybe offer some strategies like, Oh, I guess I've never tried that before. Maybe I'll try that approach, you know, and maybe you'll hate it. Okay, great. But at least you tried something and you're committed to this journey of healing your relationship with the scale. 
Yeah, I, I really do love the approach of taking the average. And again, mm-hmm. there's an app that does it for you mm-hmm. um, called Happy Scale. And it looked like it was still working. I haven't used it in a while, but it it has such cool information in there. And it was a little bit healing for me in a sense. And then I, once I reached my goal, I just stopped and it's been so long that I know I'm afraid that I would, you know, like go back in my old self. So that's why I haven't done it. But when I was doing it, that's what worked best for me was the average and understanding. And they kind of explain it. And it made total sense to me, even before I knew everything that I know now, it was still kind of one of those things. And another thing, let's kind of talk about, and you kind of did this too, um, about scale versus measurement. And there's a technique. I'm curious what you think about this. I saw this at one point and I was like, why didn't I do that? Oh my gosh. Because numbers, the actual number, because even if you measure versus the scale, there's still a number Mm -hmm. and you know, (laughs) you know, when it's a good number or not. Right. And so it's in your head. And if you don't lose a certain amount, there's an issue. Well, I saw this, this was years ago where you take a piece of yarn has no numbers on it. You wrap it around your middle where your belly button goes and you cut it where, you know, it meets. Then the next, you know, like say in a month, usually you need a month to really be able to tell size difference, you know? And so you, again, on, you know, you measure, you use another piece of, of string or mm-hmm. yarn, whatever you measure it again. And then you take your strings and you line them up at the top. And then you see hmm. if there's a like downward that. tree, you know, or a actually, like a yeah. And it, that way you don't have to see your number. Cause sometimes it's very triggering for people. Very, very, yeah. very triggering. Even initially, like if you do that initial measurement, I remember, you know, when I would go to the gym and I'd work with a trainer, that's the first thing they did. And that was freaking humiliating. Yeah. And I didn't want to see that number. I didn't want to know that number, just like going into a doctor's office. I didn't want to, you know, I was like, can we just skip this? I mean, really, do you really need to know? I yeah. really, and, and I would have to like, you know, close my eyes. And then I told them, don't tell me because that would like just ruin like my month, not just a day, a month. And I'd probably go home and cry or whatever, you know, so I know better than that. So some people for the numbers, the actual seeing the numbers is an Mm -hmm. issue, but when you see your difference and and instead of going this way, you know, go like that. Yeah. I I thought that that was so clever, you know, for people like me. Yeah. Yeah. And while you're talking about body measurements, now this is numbers related, but I think it's good information, especially for people that would rather not step on the scale, but they want to have a good understanding of like, well, what body measurement should I be aiming for? Right. So some kind of good metrics that most doctors across the board would agree with, um, would be that your waist, um, ideally would be less than half of your height in inches. And then for women, a waist to hip ratio is also very important so that you would have a waist to hip ratio of less than 0.85. So measure your hips, measure your waist, hips, I'm sorry, measure your waist, measure your hips, waist divided by hips. As long as it's less than 0.85 on your calculator, that's a really good ratio too, in terms of, um, body, body measurements, you know, and those kind of things kind of bother me because I'm five foot two. Right. Mm-hmm. And my ribs and my hip bone is like this. There yeah. ain't no waist. There's no waist. Yeah. And my hips are literally like this. I have these little narrow hips. Yeah. And so I barely, I mean, and I hate that. I, I guess yeah. it's kind of like uh, without being athletic, the athletic body, you know, mm-hmm. the, 
boy yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have minus the big yeah. old boobs, but yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Everybody's body size like, is different, but generally that, that waist to height ratio is, is mm. pretty good. A pretty good standard across the board. Yeah. I think that one's a little bit better, but sometimes, you know, the hip thing is like, well, crap, I don't have any hips yeah. and I don't have a waist either. So if I, yeah. divide, oh my God, I'm in trouble, you know? And yeah. so, you know, it always makes me wonder how, you know, good is that as an indicator if you don't fit a certain body type? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, since we're kind of talking about all these measurements and how sometimes it's like, well, does that really matter? Like, I think talking about non-scale victories is also really important. And mm. so, you know, if anybody's interested in checking out my Instagram, I'm at the keto fit and I have a, a highlight and I post at least once a week about non-scale victories, like text messages that my clients have sent to me because we want to be celebrating these things just as much as we are mm. celebrating. Cause like, again, we're not, we're, we're not, um, chasing that number on the scale just for the number itself, but because of how we imagine it will make us feel. And mm -hmm. so we really have to be celebrating how much better we are feeling along the way, because whatever you reward, you will repeat. And so it's so important to celebrate the entire journey. So just little things like I have clients texting me, like I was able to step down the stairs with both legs instead of just using my one good leg, you know, like just little things. Like I was able to walk from my car to my office without getting winded. Um, you know, I was able to pick up my baby or get down on the floor and, and play with her. Um, my, my rings are loose. Like my skin is clearing up. So crossing like, legs, I hear crossing that Crossing your lot. legs. Yes. I had a client text me a photo of her legs crossed and she's like, literally, I, I cannot that. remember yeah. the last time I did this. Yes. Yeah. Just little things like that. Like the fact that I had clients text me like, oh my God, I got my period today. And I had no idea it was coming. Like, okay, we're going to work on you counting your, your period or whatever. But the, the celebration there is that normally you would be so completely like out of your mind for like five days leading up to it. Your breasts would be sore and you'd be bloated and you have cravings and everything. And like, you know, then your period just shows up one day. You're like, holy crap. I didn't even know I was supposed to get it. Like that's kind of a, a non-scale victory because it's, it's a pain-free period, you know, like that these are things that we've normalized, but are completely not normal. They're, they're common, but these are totally things worth celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a, that is such a huge thing is there's so much more to it than like you said, chasing the number. I mean, yes, we're women. We want to lose weight. We want to look good because we're kind of, that's how we're judged. And so it is like something always in your mind. And, and I always feel really sad. And I did this too. So I'm not bashing anybody, uh, you know, when they come to me and said, I just want to lose weight. Yeah. Okay, honey, let's rephrase that. How about let's get healthy to lose yeah. weight. Yeah. How, how about we do that? That way your journey is a heck of a lot easier and you're going to yeah. feel so much better. And once you get everything balanced again, you're eating correctly, you're, you're making those lifestyle changes, you're working on your hormones, your whatever else you got to got to do your sleep, whatever, then it's a lot easier to lose and maintain the weight. Yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah, don't have to right. fight your body. You're so right. it's like, but it's going to take longer and people don't want to do that. They want results immediately because it's yeah. all about the outside. And I did that too. For mm -hmm. 40 years, I did that. So I get it. Yeah. But you know, now that I know better, it's like, oh, okay, let's work on reframing this. How about yeah. we look at it differently? And then, you know, like when you're just focused on the weight or the scale, you're, it, it's like a, a ending date, like a mm -hmm. diet, you know, okay, I reached this goal, bam, I'm done. Yeah. No, yeah. 
not really. <laughs> You're never really done. So just enjoy the journey. Stop worrying about an end date. Stop thinking you have to have it done by tomorrow or by, you know, my friend's wedding or whatever. And yeah, it'd be great if you could. That's all great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to want, but you know, if you focus on the right things, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. But sometimes it doesn't happen right away. You got to balance everything first. You got to heal your yeah. body. You got to do all those things. And then you can, but the, the thing is, who cares if you lose a weight anyway? Who cares if as soon as you reach your goal, you start gaining it again? It's true. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? I did that. Good God. I did that so many times in my life. I've probably lost a thousand pounds and I'm not over-exaggerating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I lose it and I'd find it, lose it, find it, find it, find more. And yeah. what good did that do me? Yeah. Big deal. I could lose a weight. That was never my issue. Big deal. Mm-hmm. It was, I couldn't maintain it because I wasn't yeah. doing it correctly. And I wasn't focusing on the right thing, which was yeah. my health. And even when you focus on your health, sometimes things happen and you have to adjust and, you know, work on different things. It's just, just life. And so by not focusing on that as your main goal, it's okay to be a secondary goal or, you know, that's your, what you desire. Sure. Absolutely. But okay. Let me go through and make sure we got everything. I just want to touch on what you said about health versus weight loss, because yes, you know, let's just be real. I bet you there's a lot of people hearing that right now. And they're like, no, I don't care about being healthy today. I just want to lose weight. Right. <laughs> so I used to feel that way too. I'd be like, uh, especially because our entire lives, we've been taught that the way to be healthy is to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You right. go into the doctor and they're like, you're not healthy. You need to lose weight. You've got this, <laughs> this issue. You got to lose weight. So we are, we're taught you have to lose weight and then you'll be healthy. Yes. Right. And so what does it actually mean or even look like to be healthy in order to lose weight? Cause I agree with you, right? I'm like, yes, if your body is actually in a state of health, then the weight will naturally come off. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't trust that. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening. They're like, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't trust what you're saying. Like, no, I need to get a tight grip on this and lose weight. <laughs> I don't trust this whole get healthy to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. So To actually break that down, what does that look like? I would recommend like, okay, to be healthy, you need to eat enough protein every day. Protein is the building blocks of all of your cells. Bonus, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. You are going to feel full and you are naturally going to be in a calorie deficit and your body burns calories, breaking down protein. So protein not only helps you to be healthy, it also helps you to lose weight, right? And so here's another thing that helps you to be healthy not eating processed crap, inflammatory ingredients, right? But here's another thing, it's gonna help you to lose weight, not only because you're gonna lose the water weight from all of the inflammation, but also it's going to um, free your brain from the addiction of being Mm -hmm. totally hijacked on these foods. Like your brain is truly addicted to these things and it's compelling you, compelling you, eat more, eat more, eat more. And so it's gonna be so much easier for you to not eat off plan or not eat foods that, you know, are going to cause you to gain weight. When you actually detach yourself from that addiction, you're going to eat less naturally. You're going to be in a calorie deficit and you are going to lose weight. These are healthy things, eating protein, stop eating (laughs) processed foods. That's going to bring you to a place of health. It is also going to cause you to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. So the strategies that help you to be healthy are the strategies that cause you to lose weight, but it's a, it's a different focus. It's not asking Mm -hmm. when I eat this food, is this food going to make me gain weight? Or is this food going to make me lose weight? Mm -hmm. It's saying, is this food going to bless my body or is this food going to make me feel like crap? 
not even necessarily physically like crap, but I feel like crap when my brain is lit on fire and I want to eat more of that food. And I think mm-hmm. I can't, that pisses me off. Like, mm-hmm. and I just try to live my life by not getting myself into that state because I feel like that's harmful to myself. Yes. Why would I willingly put myself into that situation? I don't like the way that that feels. So I'm just not going to do it. Like, so these are things that I view as self-care and and truly um, giving yourself the gift of health. And I promise you, babe, it's going to help you lose weight. You will. Yes. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly how I approach it with my clients too. It's the same thing. You know, I, it always makes me so sad when, you know, it's, you know, I just want to lose weight. I don't care about anything else. And I'm like, Oh, but uh, yeah, when you reframe it and you make it like that, where, where there's so many other benefits that are going to aid that anyway. So you're already working towards that. It's not like you're doing this and then you work on that. It's, it's getting you to that place. And sometimes it just happens, just, it just happens. You know, the, the more you heal your body and, and there's more to it than just food there. Like you, we've already mentioned sleep, there's sunlight, there's activity. And I'm not talking about going to the gym and working out five hours a day. No, something as simple as getting up after eating and walking for 15 minutes. That's it. That's all you really need. Do a little bit of weight bearing exercise. And that's really all you need. I'm not saying it's not good to do a little more, whatever, but honestly, you know, to keep yourself healthy and, you know, yeah, if you have other goals, that's great. But, uh, then there's, you know, uh, stress management, huge one. And that's so much of what I'm having to do with my own self. Um, So, so there's, there's this whole, you know, thing that you have to do. It's not just one thing Mm -hmm. and and it plays into everything. Cause if all of those are not aligned, the weight loss is going to be very hard. Yeah. You can force it. I did every time, but it's miserable and it comes right back. So what was the point? It's true. Cause I've lost weight a million times and didn't have my own and you did too. Just yep. through calorie counting, restriction, yep. um, punishment, you know, whatever, like you can lose weight and not mm-hmm. have your health. And I didn't have my mental health either. And that, to me, that's more important than anything. Oh, yeah. gosh, so you're, yes. you're right. that if, if we prioritize our health, we will lose weight as a natural byproduct, but your health is actually so much more important than the weight loss. I wouldn't trade it for the world to be skinny, Amen. but to feel the way that I used to feel every day. I wouldn't trade it for the world at this point. And I know that that's so hard for people to, they're like, oh yeah, that's because you have the privilege of being in the body size that you want to be in right now. Like you can have it all. I promise you it's, it's not that complicated. It really is so simple. Eat protein, eat real food. Don't eat processed crap. And it will take care of itself. It's your body wants to heal itself. We're just removing the obstructions. We're we're Mm -hmm. removing the obstructions to your body healing itself it's not magic. Like it, it, it is kind of miraculous. It's amazing. You know, your body is designed to do this. We've just gotten in our own way and it's just getting out of our own way. It's not That's you. It's the so system. true. It's the environment. Yeah. It is so true. And even and speaking, I forgot this whole thing, environmental toxins. Yeah. Ah, if you think that doesn't play a big part, ha, it will definitely, you know, add to your little stress bucket. and cause all kinds of issues. So, you know, that's something to consider too. And yes, that can keep you from losing weight too. Yes, absolutely can. So you think all these little things like, oh, sunlight, but it does, it does. So does sleep. So does stress management. It all matters. And so it's, it's an equation, you know, you got to kind of have everything in balance for it to work properly. But once you do, oh yeah. And I'm still working on it too. I got got some stuff. It's a journey. It's yeah. a journey, but for me, it's, it all started with food, right? Oh, like that is, that is the physiological necessity. You're like the number oh, one, uh, you know, basic of your life is what you eat is going to determine how you feel. 
blood sugar mm-hmm. 101. It is like, you know, A plus B equals C. It's going to determine how you feel. And it's going to determine whether you lose weight or whether you gain weight. So yeah, start with food and then, yes. you know, get yourself, hopefully eat low carb, but get yourself into a state of ketosis. You're giving yourself such a huge edge over all of those other things. You're going to feel better. Your decision-making tool is going to be sharper. Your, your um, appetite's going to be suppressed. I mean, it truly feels like a magical experience. Do you have to be in ketosis to lose weight? No, no, but it certainly makes it a lot easier and more enjoyable. In my opinion, that's why more I enjoyable. Yeah. More enjoyable. That's yeah. for sure. You Absolutely. have more energy. Your appetite is more suppressed. Yeah. It, it, and you're more, you have more mental clarity. You can function better. You can make better decisions. Ketosis yeah. is like a wonder drug yeah. <laughs> that your yeah. own body can produce. Yeah. That's, it was meant to do that. And no, you don't have to be in ketosis and no, you don't have to be in ketosis 24 seven either, but you know, them ketones, I'm just going to tell you the ones you produce yourself. mm, Yeah. I wouldn't trade it. Not worth it to me. Nope. Yeah. And so, you know, start there. Like for me, it it was food, probably, you know, sleep, um, mental, like self-care practices, like mitigating stress, all these things setting boundaries in my relationships, mm. exploring my sense of meaning and purpose in life. You know, like mm-hmm. these are kind of, the, that's kind of like my path, right? But it, for me, it all started with food. I wasn't able, yes. I didn't have the ability like mentally, like to act, I didn't have the mental energy to deal with any of those other things until I was able to get my food dialed in. Yeah. So, well, you need the nutrients for everything yeah. to function in your body. It's you true. Need the old minerals, you need yeah. the fatty acids. If you don't have yeah. all that, you can't function properly. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious with what we're seeing these days. <laughs> some people need some nutrients, you know, yeah. and that's like, I always crack up when I get attacked from those who are not doing what I do mm-hmm. and, and making fun of me. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, how about you eat a steak? And then we'll have a discussion because <laughs> right now you're making no sense. And I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a podcast episode pretty soon about uh, not demonizing other diets. Like I, to me, I'm just like, Oh, I'm so sick of it. And everybody does it to everybody else. Like, do yes. we really have to be doing this with each other? Like, again, it kind of like, it's almost like the mommy wars, like yeah. everybody's just out there trying their best. Honestly, people like, you know, we're all trying to parent our kids in one way, shape or form, but everybody loves their kid and everybody's trying to do the right thing. Right. right? <laughs> like we're not accusing everybody of just like being abusive parents, right. Just because they're doing something a little bit differently than we are like, yes, we should all continue to educate ourselves and yada, yada, but like we turn against each other. Same thing with like these health wars, like everybody's out there just trying to do their best with the information that they have at the moment. I wish we could all be a little bit more open-minded because we can Mm -hmm. certainly learn from other people who do things differently. Mm -hmm. Like if I didn't have an open at one time in my life, I was completely like, just like zealous blinders on like keto is perfect everything else is awful because that was my experience up until that point in my life. But there is something to learn from all different types, you know? Um, so I think it's important to have an open mind, focus on the basics, which is again, for me, it boils down to protein and eat real food. You can find that across a variety of different ways of eating. Absolutely. let's focus on what we have in common and the fact that everybody's honestly just trying to do their best and take care of their bodies, you know, and hopefully maybe take care of the planet. And like, we share the same motives, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. And even within, you know, keto, there's a huge spectrum because I consider carnivore to be part of the keto spectrum because most of us are in ketosis. I know I am, but most of the time I'm not saying 24 seven, I don't know, but when I have measured, I do have ketones in my blood. So, um, 
you know, there's, there's this huge spectrum. You can be low carb and, and, you know, maybe you can eat more carbs Mm -hmm. and still be in ketosis or you go all the way carnivore. So there's extreme, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fluctuations there, but it's still technically keto really. Yeah. You know, so there's not one way of doing everything. We're all very bio-individual. We have our own tastes. We have our own experiences. We have our own genetics that does play a part. Mm -hmm. You know, it definitely loads the gun in a lot of circumstances, but um, what we do after that, that's what pulls the trigger or doesn't depending, (laughs) you know? So, okay. Let me ask you one last question. We've kind of we've kind of gone over a little bit. That's okay. We're, we're having fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So let's say that you had a really rough weekend and you were chowing down on some stuff. You went to a party, you had some birthday cake, you had some pizza. Then the next day you're like, yeah, to heck with it. I'm going to just, I might as well, cause I already ruined yesterday. Might as well just have the whole weekend. So you do more of whatever to donuts or whatever. So when that happens, when do you suggest getting on the scale or what is the protocol you would tell somebody who was in that situation? Would you tell them, oh no, the next day you weigh? What is your advice? Oh yeah, this is such a good question. Um, Honestly, the situation that you're describing, I can't even imagine doing that to myself anymore because it's been so long for me. Um, But what I can say is last week, I went to um, Florida for my daughter's spring break. She's in kindergarten. We went to Disney. Um, I ate more calories than usual. Totally. Like I ate three meals a day. I normally only eat two day, two meals a day. Um, you know, I didn't limit fruit. Like for me, this is kind of what I do. My, my little version of, you know, loosening up the reins or going, going off my normal plan. So I ate as much fruit as I want. And I totally had a couple of bites of ice cream, you know, like there's no gluten in it. I know that's not going to bother me. So I had real sugar, but it's high fat. Okay. So yeah, I stepped on the scale the very next day and I encourage my clients to do the same thing. And I noticed that this happens, right? So what happens is we're afraid to step on the scale because we're Uh so afraid that the number is going to discourage us so much Mm -hmm. that we're going to just stay off the rails. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not the number. It's the, it's the meaning that you're assigning to it. Here's why I encourage people to step on the scale the very next day is because if you'd wait until Friday to weigh in, if that's like your weekly weigh in or whatever, you're not going to know how much you lost between the, the day you came back from your vendor or your vacation or whatever. And then the day that you actually choose to weigh in, you have no concept of how much you gained as a result of that. And then lost as a result of getting back on plan. So it's not an accurate measure because uh, you're going to feel like, Oh, but I worked so hard all week to try to like make up for, you know, going off the rails over the weekend, but it's not working. So I might as well give up. Like, no, that's, you have no idea what worked and what didn't work because you didn't know how much weight you gained and then how much weight you lost as soon as you got back on plan. So from a data perspective, I'm like, you need that data in order to make good decisions going forward and to actually have the facts and have the reality. So for me, it's encouraging. Like I was up two pounds after my vacation and then one more pound after Easter. And so I was up three pounds. And was I happy about that? No, but I understood the context of it mm-hmm. and now it's already gone. And what day is it? Today's Thursday, right? This was from Monday. So I'm, mm-hmm. it's already gone. Right. So yep. it, it could be frustrating because let's just say that I didn't know how much I gained. And then I weigh in again on my regular day and I'm like, Oh, I was, I was great all week. And you know, why didn't, I didn't lose anything. Yes, you did. You lost four pounds, you know, or three pounds or whatever, like you did. So that's why I recommend actually just for the sake of having accurate information, 
and not trying to make decisions or talk to yourself in some kind of way with like not having all the facts. That's my personal point of view. Um, but I know some people to them, there's like a lot of people are like, no, seriously, I need to not step <laughs> on the scale. Like it's not going to do me any favors. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I would initially say probably not, but when you put it in that way, <clears throat> excuse me, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, when I would go on the cruises and I would, you know, eat a little bit more than normal, but and allow a few little things, but pretty much I was still on plan, but yeah. I would gain probably inflammation, weight, water, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I did actually weigh when I got back and I was like, and it was almost a joke. My husband and I were yeah. like, well, let's see who can win. Let's yeah. see who gained the most. Well, he, <laughs> he, he just abandoned everything and just was, ah, you know, I didn't do that. Right. But of course, you know, he did. I want to say he gained like eight pounds. Yeah. I gained like three. Yeah. And um, when I weighed my normal time on Fridays, because that's when I always weighed, it was all gone. Plus, I think a pound or something. And it took him a couple of weeks to get his back down. But um, yeah, so it is kind of interesting information if you can can handle it. I mean, yeah. you know, if you can help uh, the client, you know, reframe things and to think, you know, more critically and, you know, be that, you know, investigator. Well, okay. Yeah. This is why and understand what your body is doing. Then yeah, I agree with you. And that technically is what I did. You know what I think about it. My initial reaction is, Oh God, no, you know, but I did. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, honestly, when I come back from vacation, and I only gained two pounds. I am psyched. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> because I remember when I used to gain 10 pounds, honestly, oh, yeah, on vacation, yeah. because I would eat all the carbs, all the things. Yeah. So for me, I have like, I still have boundaries, even when I'm on a vacation. Like, why would I treat myself like crap yeah. when I want to be having a great time? Like, I'm not going to treat myself like crap ever. There's never a good reason to treat yourself like crap and put foods, foods into your body that are going to hurt you and make you feel awful. So even when I'm on vacation, I enjoy more of the foods that bless my body. And you know, if I have a little bit of sugar, totally, I'm having the ribs with the sugary sauce on it at the restaurant. I'm not (laughs) going to be like freaking out and be like, can I please have sauceless ribs when I'm on vacation? You know, like maybe if I'm, if I'm, you know, in full on weight loss mode, I might, but like, I just enjoy myself. And if I have a little bit of sugar, okay, but I'm balancing out with protein and fat and so on and so forth. I'm freaking psyched when I gain two pounds, Right? I I wouldn't be psyched if I had just um, come out of alignment with myself and my plans. Mm -hmm. That's it's not, again, it's not the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. It's the meaning that you're assigning to it. So when you come back from a vendor or vacation or whatever, you're not truly as upset about the number as you are that you kind of like, you feel a sense of like self-betrayal or like that you abandoned yourself. Were you people pleasing? Um, you know, giving into the food pushers, were you self-soothing with food because you were stressed? Like those are the things that you're probably upset about rather yes. than the actual number on the scale. So that's worth examining. That's, I love that. That, that is perfect. That's a great ending too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jess, thanks so much for coming back on and talking about such an important subject that I know affects so much of us, especially women. Thank so you. I appreciate that. And it's lovely talking with you again. Yes, you too. Thanks so much, Amber. Absolutely. Bye, Jess. Bye.